Alright guys, welcome to episode 106 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. This week we talk about There Will Be Blood. We talk about uh, Horizon, Street Fighter 1, The Night House, Mass Effect, 21 Savage, not being a trash <laughs> Tyler the Creator turning into a gem. Uh, we talk about Drake's new album, uh, how he panic released it uh, due to Beyonce's new album, and lastly, we touch on the Golden State Warriors winning another title and what it means for both the team and Steph. But first. start with some things uh we've been watching and playing and Mm -hmm. you know possibly listening to yeah um would you like to start uh on this one uh yeah yeah, yeah. i can go ahead in this one um so i have uh two movies and a video game and i'll probably start with the video game just to get that one out the way so i replayed mass effect one and uh so um i got it i I played it as a part of the master collection that they just redid the brand of you know the remaster whatever Yep. Um, and I am only going to play one. I don't really feel like playing two or three, but, um, I played one when it first came out back in like, well, 2007, that's when it last, when it came out. Okay. Um, and I remember back then my friend let me borrow it cause he got it for Christmas and he was like, Hey man, like here's this game, Mass Effect. I didn't really want it. Um, it's kind of boring. I don't really like it. And I was like, well, let me try it. Let me give it a chance. And so I started playing it and I was like, Damn, he's right. This is kind of boring. But there is a point when you go on missions about like three hours in, maybe two and a half hours, three hours in, and it just clicks. And from then on, I loved it. Like for the longest time, I mean, you know, it still is one of my favorite video games. Um, And then replaying it now, um, it definitely has its limitations, basically Mm -hmm. in in the level design and the combat. But I I, I was pretty much, because you get either a, Excuse me, for uh, weapons, you get a sniper, a machine gun, a pistol, and a shotgun. And I pretty much just used the machine gun and then, like, the sniper, like, a couple of times just to mix it up. But I didn't have to. Right. Um, but the combat's fine. But the story is still fantastic. The story is awesome. It's huge. It's got this, like, really detailed world. Um, if you're listening to this and you never played it, it's basically, like, um, a couple... said a couple years in the future where humanity um, is part of this, like, intergalactic... Uh, council, or you know, they've been accepted into um, this sort of like United Nations, but of species. I think, and planets. I think they're like the newest member, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah. It's like all these other things have been in contact with each other for a while, and humans, for the first time, like basically realize there's life outside of mm-hmm. you know Earth, and they become a part of this council. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yep, yeah, exactly. And so they're still they're seen as sort of the reckless ones, the ones that are sort of like uh, pests, and they pretty much have to prove themselves. And you play Shepard, this guy who's like a military guy who, you know, gets tasked with hunting down this rogue, I guess agent. Um, they're mm-hmm. called Spectres. Um, and so the story is pretty much you know you gotta find this guy, 
and see what he's up to, you know, find out what he's up to, what his, what his evil plan is. Uh, but along the way, you meet, like, different kind of species of aliens, and each one is so rich in detail. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I told myself, I was like, as I, when I was starting to play it, I was like, ooh, you know what, I'm going to read all the journals and all, like, the, the background for him. And at the at first I did it, I was like, ooh, these are interesting, and I was reading them. But after a while, there was just so fucking many. I was like, I mm-hmm. can't keep uh-huh. up. There's yep. so much lore in this video game. Um, and it's amazing, and, and I really like the story again. It, you know, I finished it in about, I think it said about 20 hours. Okay. Um, but of course, it being, you know, like a 2007 game, I did some missions, and then I was like, all right, so these other ones that are more like scavengery missions, I'm going to hold off and play those after I finish the game. Mm-hmm. As I finished the game, and I'm like, okay, cool, let me continue, and, you know, kind of like open world games, right, where they right. let you go back and do your thing. Mm-hmm. And so I click resume... And then it takes me back to, like, the last save before the final mission. And I was like, oh. There's no continue. <laughs> There's no continue. Which is fine. I mean, I did all the ones that actually required me to, like, do things. The only ones that were missing were, like, little, like, you know, pick up, like, alien artifacts. One out of 20. That kind of thing. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah. But other than that, fantastic. I mean, it, you know, the, it doesn't look amazing. It looks, you know, nice enough because it is the remaster. But it doesn't look like, holy shit, you know, like something, like, that looks just you know, like a recent, like a triple A game now, but it still looks great. Um, combat's fine. The story is fantastic. I love it. If you've never played Mass Effect, I say give it a chance. It is fantastic. Like you, you'll be, you'll at first you'll be like, oh, this is a little slow, a little clunky. But then once you get sort of used to, you know, the the, um, the dynamics and, and 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 the choices and stuff, it it it's really a. a it's a fulfilling experience, definitely. And then, uh, but yeah, but back in 2007, I gave my, my friend his game back after I finished it. And I was like, dude, play this immediately. Give it like three or four hours. You will not be disappointed. This game is awesome. And did he play it? Yes, yes. And he loves okay. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good deal. Um, I remember, <laughs> this is, I don't know what I did wrong. I remember playing the game and like at the very beginning, just being like, what, like, Playing it for a little bit and being just like, wow, this is just super fucking boring, right? Mm-hmm. But the yep. thing was, is someone else, mine was even worse because I quit playing it and then I talked to someone like a, a while after and I still had it and they were like, um, I said something and I was like, man, it's just kind of boring. I just fucking sit and shoot. And they're like, oh, so you chose like soldier is like your option or whatever because there's like three options. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, but, like, I tried the other one, and it didn't go great, and then, like, basically through process of elimination, he realized that I had never used any of the abilities. Um, like, I don't remember what button, I think there's a button that brings up, like, a wheel to use mm-hmm. abilities. Yep, yep. I had never used it in any of the times I tried to play it, and he was like, well, no wonder you think it's fucking boring and shitty, is because you're, like, you're, like, playing the most bare-bones version of this game. And he, like, explained it to me, and I was like, what? And I went back and immediately enjoyed it way more. Um, yes, yep, yep. And the other thing I will say, the thing is, I've never actually finished Mass Effect. I've never finished any of the Mass Effect games. Um, it, it's always just been that there's so much to do, and I want to do all of it. And that we'll come back to that in a moment. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I remember the moment the enjoyment, like, peaked for me was when I got access to the rover. And could yes, go yes. to just rant like you could just explore random planets, random get random planets, materials, yep, yep. and just drive around. And I remember being like, oh, "That was like mind blowing." The amount of 
shit you could do. It, mm-hmm. Like, it felt endless. Like, it literally felt like I could never visit everything and, like, every planet and get every resource. Um, you can, obviously. But, like, mm-hmm. it, it just felt so, like, eye-opening. You're like, holy shit, video games could do this? That's crazy. Yeah, um, yep, yep. But, uh, again, my, my urge to do everything burnt me out. Um, so I didn't, and I never finished it, but uh, it's one of those that even though I never finished, I can easily, like, and confidently be like, if someone says they've never played it, I'd be like, you should probably play it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely one worth checking out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's fantastic. And, um, I played, I actually did play two back when it came out, like 10 mm-hmm. plus years ago. Um, and it was fine, but, you know, I, and then I, by the time that three came out, I just never really got a chance came to, back. and then I just, moved, yeah, moved on. Yeah. Um, so that's Mass Effect. Yep, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Classic. Um, before I jump to the one that I was going to bring up earlier, mm-hmm. uh, I would like to say that I decided to um, catch up on the Street Fighter story. So, mm-hmm. like the, the story of Street Fighter. So that third anniversary or 30th anniversary collection, like I said, has like from Street Fighter 1 to Street Fighter 3. Um, and I have four and five so i was like you know what like because i'm hyped for six like i'll just go through and play some story mode stuff and uh unlike mortal Kombat, so mortal Kombat stories like you you generally like it'll be like chapter one scorpion and you play a scorpion it'd be like chapter two Liu kang he plays Liu kang yeah um all the street fighter ones are basically like play um like the arcade mode and get the ending you know what I'm talking about? Like you, like do these eight fights and then see your character's ending. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like um, a little bit like Smash Bros, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. So the thing is, the benefit is that uh, realistically, uh, there are only maybe, maybe four characters who are like have any sort of like canon impact to the story. Like, Ryu and Ken, and, and Ken's, like, kind of a iffy one. Like, sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. But I feel like even when Ken shit isn't important, he's important because he's literally in every single game. Mm-hmm. Um, So, like, Ryu and Ken, and then, like, maybe somebody like Akuma when they show up. Um, And, and like, so, Street Fighter 1, so I, I say all that to say this. I, I played Street Fighter 1. Street Fighter 1 is the most dog shit ass game ever made. <laughs> and the thing is, is that if you look uh, online, uh-huh. you're just going to find other people talking about how this is a dog shit ass game. <laughs> like, nobody likes this game. This game was so bad that for, like, after, first of all, it took me like two hours to do the arcade because the controls are awful and the enemies are awful. And so, like, that was a struggle in and of itself. But, um, I finished it and there's like not really even much of an ending. Mm-hmm. And like, I was just like, man, I should, first of all, shouldn't have wasted my time. And two, I was like, how did this game get a sequel? Like what had happened here? And, uh, what's funny is that I also started to play Street Fighter 2. And the thing I noticed is that even in the very first version of Street Fighter 2 out of all 85 versions, um, Street Fighter 1 is just, like, some abomination that, like, has no bearing on anything, right? Like, like it is, mm-hmm. it doesn't play like a Street Fighter game. Like, it's just awful. Um, 
the moment you turn on Street Fighter 2, mm-hmm. if you have any experience with any of the other Street Fighter games, it immediately feels like what you have come to know as Street Fighter. And it's crazy to me to think about how you can go from something so bad to literally, like, the very next game feels like such a solid foundation for everything for the next 25 years. Yeah, like, because it feels so, like, it was jarring. Like, I got it, I was doing combos immediately. I was like, holy shit, this is nuts. Like, <laughs> I'm guessing it's kind of like, um, when we, uh, I mean, it's not as big of a jump, but I would say a similar jump to, like, Uncharted to Uncharted 2. Yeah. You know, where I, I know, like, Uncharted, I enjoyed Uncharted, you know, we talked about it here before. It was fine, right? It's perfectly yeah. fine. Nice little shooter, just, like, fine. But 2, I still think, is one of the best games I've ever played, and I love the, 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 the set pieces in that. And I think, although I really like something like 4 and, you know, 3 was fine, or 3 was a lot of fun, I still think 2 is the one where I'm like, holy shit, these set pieces are huge. Like, how the fuck did they even, like, squeeze this into, like, a 2009 game or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah, so it, uh, I just, like, it was startling. And I feel mm-hmm. like if anybody ever, anybody here ever plays Street Fighter 1, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? Because it's the most dated thing I could think of. Um, it's crazy if you have any experience with any of the Street Fighter that, like, the moment you touch 2, you're like, oh, this feels like home. Like, you're oh, wow. like, ah, this, this is, is a... a game that I know. Right. Even right. if you've never played it before. Um, and that's just a crazy jump to really make in, like, one title. You know what I mean? Maybe two years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, two or three years, I think. So, uh, yeah, I just want to touch on that. Played Street Fighter 1. It was an absolute disaster. Started to so good. Um, nice, so, nice. Uh, that's that. Uh, I guess while we're on the topic of games, I'll go ahead and jump yeah. to my next one, mm-hmm. which is uh, Horizon. Uh, I still have not finished. Um, so I put on here, I'm actively making myself hate this game. And so basically, <laughs> uh, kind of what I mentioned with uh, Mass Effect, and now I'm actively trying to stop doing this, uh, I've been doing all the side quests. And the 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 thing is, is one, mm. there are a fucking lot of them. And mm. two, I really don't give a shit about any of them. Like, I, I, I don't care about, like, any of these stories. I don't feel like they're all that interesting. They all feel like... The same shit, I, you know, like the same shit from one, the the side stories at least. It's like, uh, it's not the same story, but it's like, uh, my brother got lost in a ruin. Can you help him? And it's like, all right, here we go again. Like, and and I'm just, I'm tired. Like, I'm so tired of doing them. And then it hit me like this is gonna sound stupid. It hit me like a week, maybe a week ago. I was like, I don't have to do these. They're side quests. So I just went and did the main <laughs> quest. And I was like, ah, yes. Now I remember yeah, why yeah. I like, like like this game at all. And so, like, I got to balance it. Because I don't want to just do the main game and leave other stuff behind. But, like, I'm realizing I'm just burning myself out on stuff that I don't like. That I don't even have to do. Like, I'm going way out of my way to do things that I don't have to and that I don't want to. So, um, yeah. I'm trying to uh, not do that. And maybe I'll enjoy the game more for it. Yeah, and then that, that's why I um I, I felt the same way. Um, I felt like there were more side ones in this one than in the mm-hmm. last one. But I also felt like I liked the ones in the first one better because there was there was fewer, so they were like more impactful and they were more diverse. Right? One was right. like, and hey, the, 
it felt more character driven there. or yeah, like there's a rock breaker down there you know like help us kill it and then there was like i remember that girl who had that awesome gun and she's like there's people invading us take this awesome gun that you then end up using in the finale like that like i, I don't know right. maybe it's because maybe it's like another symptom of um you know being That's first cool. or something right yeah and then being the sequel, be like, well, I already did missions like that, right? But I, I agree. I felt like there was a lot of, like, get that guy. He got ambushed over there. Get that guy. He got ambushed in the caves. Get that guy. He got ambushed. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. These caves collapsed on him. Can you yeah. get to him? Hey, I sent someone out a week ago. They haven't come back. Can you check it out? And it's like, I'm so tired of dealing with this. Yeah. And, there, I mean, there is there's a few that I really, really like. There's one where the... They, they they go after a missing older man, an old man who was a soldier. And I think that one, the way that it ends up going, it ends up being this really like touching sort of side story. And that one I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe there was another one that I can't quite remember. But you're right, like for the most part, they're kind of like, all right, cool. Well, all right, well, thank you. Give me my, my points or whatever. And then you can you know move on. And it's weird because there's a couple characters that are like, I mean, they're side characters, and it's not the ones that end up at your base. I'm not. I'm not talking about any side characters that big, but like, you know, there's. A, I feel like there's a couple side characters that are supposed to be a little more important, and ultimately, I really just don't care that much about them. Like, uh, so there's the. I don't know if you did the one. There's a conflict where you have to choose who's going to lead this tribe because there's. Uh, it's the guy that messes up the water, uh, going to like. Oh, yes, yes. And you have to make a choice between Mm -hmm. the two of them. And the thing was, I was, like, sitting there with that choice, and I was like, I don't know, this all seems pretty fucking cut and dry to me. Like, I feel like I'm going to stick with, you know, the person that's already here, because you're kind of just being a shitbag. So, yeah, yeah. like, I stuck with her, and then, like, she has another quest, so I'm like, okay, she's supposed to be kind of important, but I really don't care about this all that much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I remember Googling that one because I was like, oh, shit, a big impactful decision. Oh, my God, it's going to change everything. And I Googled it, and they were like, it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, like, a little bit. You'll get, like, an extra mission, but, like, it's not yeah. that big. And I was like, oh. And then the other okay. one I don't really care for and that it's, like, played up quite a bit are the guys in Vegas. Like, I, I like the original storyline of, like, getting Vegas back up. But like now they're like, can you grab these ornaments and bring them here and oh yeah, light yeah. shows? I'm like, I don't give a fuck about any of this. <laughs> yeah, those. Yeah, so so yeah, so that's like even that's a, that's even lower on my rung of the shit that I like to yeah. do. Like you know, there's like there's like side missions and then there's like fetch things to where you like get tokens or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. those, I, I I think I did like a few of them. But you're right, I did like them. Like when I first met them, I was like, oh shit, hell yeah, like right, and you know, once like really sweet and then once you get vegas up and running i actually really really like that so i think that's that's probably the other one that i was thinking of that i really really liked yeah. as a side as a side quest but even man and the thing is i feel like so much of this game is tied to stuff like that like there's all those rebel camps that are like seem like content to do and then it's like oh you kill the boss it's like oh you get this dog tag you're gonna go turn in for like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it's yeah. just another collectible, despite there being a million of these on the map. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I guess. Like, yeah. So, but I'm uh, I'm starting to avoid those, uh, and or not necessarily avoid them because I'm still doing them, but I'm starting to sprinkle in the main quest stuff uh, more frequently <laughs> to keep me involved. That's what I was doing. So I was like, there seemed to be a lot more side ones. So I w- I would do two side ones, or I would do like two, maybe three side ones, and then I would do like a main one. 
And then if I felt like the main story was going a little bit too much, I'd be like, all right, let me do like four or five side ones. Mm -hmm. Sort of like, kind of like piecemealing, going bit by bit. So I wasn't just doing side ones because then you're right. Like there was one time when I did like six or seven and I was like in a row and I was like, wow, this game uh, doesn't really do much, huh? And then you do a main (laughs) one and it's completely different. And you go, oh, that's how you're supposed to do it. Oh, okay. okay." Right, exactly. So, um, it's just, uh, it's, it's, I have a tendency to do that. You know what I mean? Like, let's put it this way. My main quest, my most recent one was like level 24. I'm level 40. Like I, I've been, cause in my head I was like, you know what I'll do? I'll just do them in order in terms of level. So yeah. if I'm level, if the main quest is level 24, the side quest is level 23, I'm going to just do the side quest till I get to level mm-hmm, 24. Mm-hmm. But like now I'm way over leveled and I'm just like, all my skill trees are almost filled out and I like, am I just, I don't know how much more is left, but I'm about to like go get Hephaestus and I don't know how much more is after that, but I'm already level 40. So <laughs> <laughs> I imagine I'm over leveled by quite a bit. So, yeah. um, but once I've done that, it seemed to get a little better. So that's where I'm at with Horizon. Nice, nice. So you said you had two movies? Yes, yes. Um, okay. So yeah, so I'll, I'll do these because um, I watched them on back-to-back nights. And so the first one was I watched There Will Be Blood, the 2007 Paul Thomas Anderson movie starring um, Daniel Day-Lewis in his Oscar-winning role as Daniel Plainview, uh, the oil baron from the early 1900s. I mean, it's a fictional character, but it's mm-hmm. um, it won the Oscar for it. Um, and they had it at the Alamo. <clears throat> And so I was like, well, I cannot watch it. It's like one of the best movies of the 2020s. Or not the 2020s, like the, the 21st century. I gotta go. Um, and so I actually hadn't seen this movie since I first watched it when it first came out. So I first watched it in like 2007 when it first came out. I remember very vividly um, finding like a, a bootleg website. And it was like, <laughs> it wasn't like mega upload. It was even before that. So like, we're talking like. 4080p and like tiny little screen and when right. scenes were at night like you couldn't see shit like there's a critical scene that happens where there's like an imposter that comes visit and i like had to google what the plot was because i couldn't tell what had happened to that guy <laughs> and so that was like the only time i saw it but even then i made a huge impression on me um especially there's a certain sequence where, where one of the the drills or the yeah, the drill sites ca- catches on fire. That's an all-time scene that I, I remember. And so I hadn't seen this since then, so I was like, let me see how much I remember. And it turns out I actually remembered a lot of it. And I think, I, I, and I'm not sure if it was because I watched it or because of, you know, through osmosis, you sort of get, like, the memes. Like, I'm sure you've seen the, you know, like, I drink your milkshake. All right, you know? so I was going to say that's the only thing I remember. It's like, I, I drink your milkshake. Um, it's, like, the only thing I remember. I watched it once, um, and I just, like, didn't really... I don't know. I just feel like I didn't give it the the solid chance it needed, and was just like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And then I never really like uh, came back to it. Yeah, yeah, and that's what Sydney said too. She was like, "I asked her, I was like, so did you like it?" She was like, "I mean, I did like it, but it was, it wasn't quite what I expected." Because you sort of, I mean, I think the title insinuates that it's like you know more like something like No Country for Old Men, right? If I right. if you switch the titles, I think that would make more sense. Um, then. Than like the ones that they have, like Country right. for Old Men, you go, oh man, this guy, you know, no country, he's an old man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's like different because the times are changing and then too. Um, and so a couple of things that I, that I remembered that that were different than I remembered. Um, one, um, it's a lot funnier than I remember. There are like some really really great, just like little lines and looks that he gives. Um, that. Like, I was actually, I was like, that's actually really funny. Because for some reason, I thought, you know, it wins these Oscars. It's about oil. It's about, you know, this, this, you know, anti-hero. Or not anti-hero. Just like this, like, 
um, protagonist that you don't really like. And, and I remember thinking that was like very stuffy, very like, this is an, you know, capital O Oscars movie. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. But it wasn't. There's like a lot of really, I don't want to say goofy, but it, it, it it's weirdly light, um, weirdly like just like um, peculiar things that he does with his acting and um, that I, I really liked. And uh, that I think stem from the fact that also B2, I didn't realize how much of a drunk he is in the movie. Like he's always drinking and he always looks shit-faced. And for some reason, I guess I didn't realize that when I first watched it. Um, and then uh, three, it's like the cinematography is just like incredible. Like I knew that it won Best Cinematography and it beat out like No Country for Old Men and Atonement, a bunch of, a bunch of other movies from that time. Um, mm-hmm. But it is like incredible like you get these like giant vistas from california and then there's like these um really great like nighttime uh scenes with fire that just look amazing um but um but yeah i I mean it's really great um i didn't give it a like an instagram video thing like i usually do but i mean it's a it's a masterpiece right it's a five out of five like it it does a great job of you know explaining what early I don't see what, what 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 how something like capitalism spreads and helps grow a thing but also um like uh, infect it and then how religion goes right alongside with it even though it claims to be a, a, a rebuttal to it um but yeah it's fantastic it was it, it it's a little it it, it it I remember it being long mm-hmm. and it definitely f- was long but it never felt long if that okay. makes sense, like yeah. every scene, every scene that as it was happening, I remember thinking like, "Wow, this is this scene's gonna be really slow," but it wasn't. It like moved, right? There's mm-hmm. scenes that I remember taking forever that kind of just click right on by. Like there's um, so my I, my favorite sequence in the movie is one where they've set up the the drill, and you can imagine it's like those wooden. It looks like the Oilers, the old Oilers helmets. Yep. I, I don't know what they're called, like derelicts or whatever. And then you know they got like the little pumps in them. And then one of them explodes, and the whole thing catches on fire. So it just looks like this fire tower, yeah. and it's a fucking amazing sequence. And it, and I remember telling, thinking, I was like, man, I, I got to make sure to point it out to Sydney, but you know, it won't happen anytime soon because I remember it being way, you know, into the movie. Um, but it wasn't. It was like super soon. And then I, remember, I also remember thinking that the first twenty minutes like took forever. I was like, God, it's so slow. But they just went by fast. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just me getting older as well. And that probably changes it. But uh, it's a lot faster than than I remember. It's a lot funnier than I remember. It's a lot more beautiful than I remember. Um, and it also um, overall is just a much more enjoyable experience than when mm-hmm. I first watched it. Uh, so I think this is another one, kind of like um, I don't remember. I don't know if I said it or I know we talked about the movie briefly, but um, when we were talking about Scorsese and Goodfellas, uh, we brought up the Raging Bull and um, Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Raging Bull was one that I watched and I was, I I think, too young to like really like grasp the greater messages of of it. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, this is kind of a weird, slightly boring movie you know what i mean because i'm yeah, not if yeah. i'm not getting all the reasons why they're doing all the things doing and i think uh there would be blood is definitely another candidate for me of that which is that i watched it like probably when it came out uh much didn't you say it came out the same year as no country for all men yeah yeah, mm-hmm, 2007. yeah so no country for all men came out i watched it when it came out and i was like wow this is incredible because it is 
so obviously weird, right? Like, it is yes. so obviously weird. Your brain immediately goes, like, there's got to be more here. And yes. there will be blood while there is probably more there. You know what I mean? There has to be, I'm sure. Uh, it's it's still, like, the base message of it, it, or not base message, the sequence of events that happen are relatively straightforward. And so, yeah, they're like, very matter as of fact. A, as a kid, you could just walk away being like, okay, that was just about a guy who does oil. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, I don't know. It's kind of boring. Um, so that's one I have on my list to, to go back and watch um, and like really try to like grapple with a little bit. Um, but I've always heard it's great, and uh, I'm sure that continues mm-hmm. to be the case. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 to me, it's always interesting that this one and No Country for Old Men are always sort of forever linked kind of like uh you know like um like um what can i say like the 2003 nba draft class right they're always going to be linked right. by them being there together coming sort of in, into their own at the same time right and that's how i felt about you know these two movies coming out basically the same oscar season um both of them being uh, actually literally filming in, in the, around the same area there's always i always hear stories about smoke from there will be blood fucking up one of the shots in no country for old men that's amazing Uh, um, (laughs) yeah one of the smoke shots yeah and if you watch both movies you're like okay i can see that because it's sort of this like um sort of deserty sort of bushy sort of desert look to it. right for sure um and you know they're both about you know sort of america and, and 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 you know where it was where it's going in terms of um you know, the, the, the sort of impulses that push certain men to, to be greedy. Um, and, you know, they're both really great, right? And they're both always like, you know, top story, top, movie, top movies of the 21st century. And, you know, those two are always near the top. Um, I always prefer No Country for Old Men just because it does have, you know, it's actually like action, right? It's a, it's a, right. It's a heist thriller, right? Um, and I've talked about it here before about my love for it. Um, but this one I think is a nice, slower much more matter of fact, like like you said, more like there is stuff there, but it's just much more. You know, it's simpler, right? It, 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 it's not yeah. simpler. It's more streamlined. The sub the the subtext is more easily missed, I think, yeah. than it is in. I don't even know if that's true. I because I feel like the subtext could be easily as missed in No Country for Old Men because it's harder to interpret, but it's mm-hmm. much more obviously there. Like there, yeah, are, yeah, yeah. Like you definitely come out of shots that, and... that you're like, that has to be something. You know what I mean? Right, like right, the, uh, right. I mean, Tommy Lee, like anything with him, and you're like, well, there's got to be something else going on here, right? Um, exactly. So yeah. Uh, whereas this, like you, I you could totally walk away with like a full understanding of the events that happened in that movie and not get any of the subtext which is exactly. what I, which I don't think is possible with no country for old men like exactly. you exactly. you'd be like here are some things that happen i don't know why they any any of them happened though like, <laughs> like half of these I, I don't know why they coincided the way they did but they did <laughs> exactly um, so that's yeah. your first movie, right? Yes, yes. And so that, that was the big one. That was one I really liked. And then this one's a much smaller one. I, it shouldn't, you know, it'll be quick. Um, but it's called The Night House. And it came out last year. And it stars uh, Rebecca Hall. And it's um, directed by, I actually don't know who directed it. But I, I think he's, he had like, a couple of other smaller horror movies to his belt. And it's basically the story of this woman whose husband dies. And he leaves her with this beautiful lake house that eventually... You know, through with her grief and her loneliness, she sort of realizes that maybe there's more to the house than mm-hmm. she originally thought. There's more like um 
she's not alone in the house because there's okay. some there's more shit going on. And so I, and so I like this one okay. I had heard a lot of good things about it. You know, it has like an eighty something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. One of my friends said that it was like one of the scariest movies he'd seen in a long time. And so I think I I liked it fine, but I think I also maybe built it up too much in my head, mm-hmm. um, expecting like some sort of grand thing, kind of like X, which I talked about a couple weeks back, right? right. Um, and just like X, this is one of the best versions of a haunted house movie that you can have, especially a haunted house movie. That's where the, where the house is brand new. It's modern. It's like this sort of sleek, you know. Um, let me think. Did you ever see Us? Yes. The movie Us? So you know that the house that um, Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss live in, like, you know, yep. big windows, sleek, yeah. you know, glass. It's like one of those. So it's like, it, it's a great, you know, it, it's a haunted house in one of those, which makes it, you know, much more impressive that they were able to pull it off, right? That it's not just cobwebs and gothics. Right. And, you know, haunted house, floorboards. it's old and dilapidated and it squeaks when you walk. <laughs> exactly, right, right. So the fact that they were able to do something that's actually genuinely creepy with that. In a new mo- in a new house is, is impressive. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say check it out if you like horror movies. If you liked, um, you know, X or I can't think of one that's like a, you know, sort of a haunted house movie. Of course, there is more here. You know, there's there's you can read into it whether it's you know her grief or you know, um, you know, depression or something like that. There there is much there there is something to chew on here. Um, but not enough for me to be like, wow, that was incredible. You know, it's right there next to Hereditary because it's not. But I, I, I think if you're somebody who enjoys horror movies and you go, I'm going to put The Night House on, there's no way that you're going to come out and be like, wow, that fucking sucked. Right. Um, but yeah, that, excuse me, that one is on uh, HBO. Okay. Wants to and I did happen to notice that it has uh, the same actress that plays Sally. And, uh, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I should have mentioned yeah, yeah. Sarah Goldberg is in it. She's like the small supporting friend. She, or she's the, uh, the one who's like, she's there for her when she comes, you know, during the day when she's like, weird shit's happening in my house, man. Right. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm here for you. Let me, let's talk. That kind of, you know, that. Right. Every horror movie where the girl's going crazy has that. So Exactly. Um. She, yeah, she's in that. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I uh, definitely a good movie to, to put in your back pocket for uh, for October here in a few months. Okay, sounds good. Um, so I haven't watched any movies, but I uh, do have one uh, a song released, and just not not to go super in depth about it, but there were a couple noteworthy things I, I wanted to point out about it, which is uh, mm-hmm. it is I believe a Pharrell Williams song. Um, but it is Pharrell, 21 Savage, and Tyler, the creator. It's called Cash In, Cash Out. Now, I first heard it, and I was like, I don't think this is going to be for me. Because it, it, it's just like a very, like, based off the very beginning, like the the uh, chorus or hook, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, is like, seems like it's made to just be, like, catchy like not necessarily good just like catchy like instantly mm-hmm. recognized i guess like yeah i i'm trying to skirt around it but this seems like it was made to be a tiktok song just based on the very mm-hmm. beginning you mm-hmm. get what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah um with that being said though i really fucking like this song <laughs> like i think the verses on it are um good enough to like redeem this song for me uh, the beat is it, great. It has that classic Pharrell sound. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. It's the classic Pharrell sound, but without getting too 
um, I don't know the word I want to use here. Sometimes Pharrell's stuff can sound kind of like either very poppy or like very alien e like like mm-hmm. like uh i'm trying to come up with like a way to put it but like just so odd that it doesn't really mesh this doesn't do that this is like like this is a classic pharrell sound but it's more like the beats pharrell makes for like push a t you know what i mean like they're they're like they're, they're weird in their pharrell beats but like ultimately it's still like meant to be wrapped over very obviously um so with that being said the two main things i wanted to touch on was that i don't know if you remember this and maybe maybe you never felt this way it's it's very possible you didn't but i remember feeling that there was a very there was a time in the not so distant past where i was like 21 savage is just absolute garbage <laughs> like, like the <laughs> I was shit gonna, he I, puts out is not uh, good and I, lately, I agree. Yep, yep, yep. Maybe and, not like, um, not like trash, but like I definitely was like, if he was on a song, he, I was more likely to assume that I was not going to like that song. Yeah, he was kind of middle of the pack for me, right? He came along in like that twenty. You know, there's always that iconic twenty sixteen cipher, right? With mm-hmm. like Lil Uzi and him, and oh, who's that? Who's that guy who like is fake bad, but he's actually good? Um, <sighs> Lil the uh, Lil B, Lil B. Okay. Um. And, like, a couple of other guys that were all in the same cypher in 2016. And I remember seeing him, and I was like, I mean, he's, he's all right, right? Like, he's just that yeah. sort of middle-of-the-pack guy, right? Yeah, and he but kind of totally blended in with yeah. that, like, the the music that got popular at that time, he kind of just blended in with a lot of other people, and he didn't seem to stand out very much. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But now, he's, like, a legitimate plus to a song for me. <laughs> like, like, I'm trying to think. I feel like he he's been on a J. Cole song, and I'm like, really helped pull this song together um this song i'm like his verse is actually like enjoyable like i like listening to it and i'm just like yo they're like he's really he's really gotten his shit together for me <laughs> like, yeah I'm, I'm i'm starting to come around on 21 mm-hmm. savage years and years later yeah i think i think i agree i think it was right around when he had that song with j cole a lot yeah yeah i mean you guys got a lot mm-hmm. yeah Exactly. So, I mean, it's just, it's funny to me, like, that I could feel so differently about the same guy. And the thing is, he's not, I don't feel like he's that much different, but something has changed, and I can't put my finger on it. Um, So, that's 21 Savage. And the other thing I wanted to point out Mm -hmm. uh, was that Tyler, the Creator's verse, he, alright, so, he has at least three of what I'm about to say, but... It could be five, which is to say that he has at least three different flows on this song that all go well, and he he switches. So the reason I say it could be five is because he switches flows like four times, which puts him at five total. And like, there's a chance that like the second and fifth one are the same. And without like me like really fucking doing the effort to like check, it's just so jarring. I'm like again for Tyler the Creator, I'm like. He stepped his shit up so much because, like, I love, like, I loved his music when he first started, but it was much more like uh, basic and like raw, and you know what I mean. Like, it's 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 like a rookie athlete. Like, you know, sometimes you're like, he's got all the tools. We just need to polish it up and put it together. And then, like, on this song, to me, he's just like flawlessly switching between flows on the song. It all sounds great. And I'm just like, wow, this this guy's really like came up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, you and I have talked about, you know, we had the episode where we talked about voices. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned back then, I was like, you know, when he came out in 2010, I had friends who really liked him, like loved him. They're like, oh, God, Yonkers. And I was always like, eh, I, I like, I don't, the, the the subject matter just isn't doing it for me. Like, I'm not like that. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, you weren't you weren't super filled with angst in uh, middle and high school, basically. Stab Bruno Mars, and it's just awful because I'm like, I like Bruno Mars. I've done funk is great. I mean, I've done funk hadn't come out, but I like that yeah. the 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 Bob song, right? So I was like, what's wrong yeah. with Bruno Mars? And so, um, and so that wasn't me, right? But I knew even then, like I said in the voice episode, that voice was incredible, and I was like, this guy, like this voice is awesome. Like his voice is great, and even though he, he sort of, I don't know if he. Um, he meant it, but I think I mentioned in that episode as well, where he, when we went to his concert, he was like, thank you guys for supporting a guy with a monster voice. And, I was, <laughs> and so I was like, well, I hope he means like monster, like great. Um, because it, it, you know, even back then I always said he was great. So I was like, if he figured it out, if he put out music that like, I don't know, that was more, well, I mean, you know, he was young, but you know, more yeah. like shaped, you know, more fully formed that I'd be like on board completely. And he has been, right. and he's totally done it. Right. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but yeah, this is another example, like you said, of, of that, where somebody like has definitely grown and, and you sort of catch yourself being like, huh, him? Okay, sure. But like, I didn't see that coming. Right. Another one of my favorite things about this is if you happen to be on Spotify and you look up this song, you'll see the little like cover art for the single. And my mm-hmm. favorite thing is that it's Pharrell wearing like, uh, I guess cargo shorts and like a hoodie, a hat, like, you know, standard stuff. Uh, 21 Savage is wearing like a jumpsuit and chain mm-hmm. and then Tyler Creator is still wearing his fucking <laughs> call me if you get lost shit which is that hey. like he's wearing like dress he looks shorts like YG. <laughs> he's like dress shorts loafers a pink sweater mm-hmm. and that same furry hat and my favorite thing is that his his line his second like the very opening of his verse he goes nah I ain't heard of that <laughs> go to the beach of my furry hat like he's still like, <laughs> like he goes through phases you know what I mean like Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I, I can't place it, but like, there's no doubt in my mind that between Igor and uh, Call Me If You Get Lost, because there wasn't an album in the middle, I don't believe. I think those no. were mm-hmm. consecutive albums. Yep. I feel like any feature he did after Igor, he was probably going to talk about the blonde wig. Like, he goes through a phase and he's like, I'm going to be this character, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to be Igor. I'm going to have the blonde wig. I'm going to wear the, like, weird suits and, like, kind of do, like, an R&B thing. And that's just who I'm going to be until my next project comes out. Like, And I just feel like that's what he does. And it kills me every time. But I love it. Um, <laughs> I think just shaking and, the, the, the fucking bob, like, that one vine. Yeah. The... And uh, really unrelated to this, but just because we're talking about him, mm-hmm. I still feel like if there's any rapper concert I could go to, I, I like really want to go to a Tyler the Creator one. I feel like he just just everything I've seen of him like on stage or anything, I'm like I feel like he goes all out to like really put on an amazing show, <laughs> like more so than a lot of guys. Like I, there's probably a lot of guys who just show up and they rap and that's it. But I feel like he's trying to put together like a film. You know what I mean? Like he's trying to do like a theater play with his music. Yeah. yeah and, and I mean, I, I, I've been to a few and, and definitely him and Drake are the two that I think are like the most like warm toward the crowd or like more like, 
What's up, guys? We're putting on a fucking good show. We're here to party. Thank you for supporting guy with a monster voice. Y'all got Bojangles. Oh, that sounds cool as hell. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like actually want to be there more than, like you said, just show up and be like, hey, what's up? And then just leave without even... Because Drake would, like, he'll be up there and be like, North Carolina, fucking incredible. You were amazing. Oh, they had the most beautiful ladies. And then at his ending, he's like, thank you to my band. Thank you to my fans. Thank you to this section up there, section 218. I see y'all. Like, he goes yeah. like, all fucking out, right? Um, and yeah, so I say them two are the ones where I was like, damn, like, they actually, like... It's nice, because they don't have to, right? They can just go out there, right. do the thing. And then be like, do the last song, and then just walk away, and nobody's gonna be like, "Wow, they didn't even say bye or like thank you or anything." Right. So like, yeah, that's I. I don't I I don't know as much about Drake. I I think the I'll take your word for it. Um, the thing I guess for me again the difference is that like, and and maybe the concerts aren't this way. Maybe it's just some some things I've seen, but like. I feel like Drake's draw is that he's Drake. And I feel like Tyler, the creator's draw is that he's doing a thing. I get you. Does that make sense? Like, so God, I think it was the Grammys that Tyler, the creator performed, uh, like, on uh, some songs from Igor. Mm-hmm. And like, he's got like houses that are moving in and out and like catching fire. And he's got like all these lookalikes, um, have you ever seen that clip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a windy, right? Like, the tunnel's, like, he's, like, going against it. Is that the one you're talking about? Cause I remember yeah, I think so. One. Yeah, I think so. And then there's, like, um, God, what are they called? Like, acapella singers in one corner that start, like, the second song, and then, like, it goes to, like, a neighborhood that then catches fire, and he starts going all out. So, like, there's that. And I, while Drake may be just as warm and endearing to the crowd, I feel like ultimately Drake's thing is like, yeah, I'm Drake. Everyone loves me. I'm going to do all of my hits. Like, mm. like I guess if, if Drake was performing at the Grammys, you, the most you're going to get probably is like that owl in the background. <laughs> like, <laughs> or like the memes making fun of Meek Mill. Like that, that's like peak right. showmanship for mm. Drake, but he's at least warm to the crowd. I feel like... I guess showmanship is the word I'm looking for. I feel like mm-hmm. Tyler the Creator like really tries to push that. Like he's like, nah, I, I have a vision for what this album feels like, and I'm going to try and show that to you through this concert. And again, I don't yeah, yeah. maybe not the case in a regular concert, but like based off of like performances like the Grammys or even music videos, right? Like the Juggernaut music video. It's kind of random, but like in his head, I just feel like I can tell. He's like, this is what this song feels like to me, and I'm going to give you a visual to match. Whereas Drake's like, I just went around town and handed people money, which is cool, <laughs> but it's like not really the same, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, that's I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, but yeah, cash in, cash out. I think it's a great song. It's just a single. Um, but I wanted to note that like the progressive steps, step ups we've gotten from Twenty One Savage and Tyler the Creator, like kind of weird and it, to see it in this song and to notice it in this song was just a yeah. thing for and me. And to sort of like and like you said it being like not slow but incremental right like you didn't just go wake up one day and be like wow I now I'm a big fan you just go look back and you go wow I like that one and that one right. and that one's really good too. Right exactly. Yeah. So there's that. Um, we'll, we'll stay on the topic of music though. Uh, yes. and I'm going to have to let you take the lead on this one because I did not listen. <laughs> you listen to the, to the album, um, the, to the Drake one or the, I did not listen to the Drake one. Oh okay, yeah. So, so, um, last 
Thursday. Thursday, I think it was Thursday. Last Thursday, um, there was a big announcement of uh, Beyonce is going to release an album on July 29th. It's her first one since 2016, and everybody was like, oh my gosh, new album, like, oh my gosh, like, get ready, you know, I wonder what it's going to be like, what it's going to sound like. And then later that day, there was an announcement from Drake saying that he was releasing a surprise album that night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, interesting. I mean, maybe they're connected, maybe they're not. Well, whatever, right? Right. And so he releases his album at midnight, and he starts playing it, and it's a house music album. So, it's, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. and um, it's like a passion fruit. Right. right. Yeah, passion fruit. Yeah. So it's like that. And the whole album is like that. And at first I was like, wow, this is, I mean, it sounds different. I mean, I commend him for doing something different. Um, and I, I, I'll tell you, like, like, I like, like, half the songs. And they're, 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 they're pretty good. There's one called Massive that I really like. And I was like, well, that's a different sound. But, you know, I'm glad he's doing that. And maybe he just wanted to release it. Maybe that was always the plan. But what I'm going at now is sort of my own thoughts about it. And I don't, I don't know if this is what actually was the reason. Because then Beyonce released a, a single uh, two days ago. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe, yeah, two days ago it was called like, uh, let me see what it's called, uh, Break My Soul? Yeah, it's called Break My Soul. And lo and behold, it's house music. It's a house song. Wow. And so th- it's not the same type of house. I think I saw something like one of them is more like New York, one of them is more Baltimore, but they sound in- similar enough to the, where I was I, like... I just Googled the Break My Soul because I haven't listened to this either, but the, one of the first couple things I see said it's, uh, it, it um, has like elements of like disco to it. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. what they put. So. Yeah, disc- I would say both of them are definitely heavily inspired by this sort of comeback in disco music, both from somebody like um, The Weeknd and Dua Lipa. Um, okay. Definitely both of those heavily inspired by that sort of like old disco, um, I'm going to say like a bassy house sound. Mm-hmm. And so her song comes out and it's boom, it's a, it's a house song. And I, that's when I was like, that's why he released the album. Because I don't know how much he knew that what her music was going to sound like. Because I'm, I'm, I really doubt Drake's... Even though he's like fucking one of the biggest acts in the world. I doubt he knows what Beyonce's doing. So probably when she was like, new album coming out. Somebody was like, dude, the fucking... It's, it's house music, bro. That album you're going to release next month. If you release it just before hers, it's going to be overshadowed. If you release it after, you're going to look like you ripped her off and copied her. Now, dude, now. <laughs> so he probably released it earlier than he wanted because... You know what I'm saying? Like, is it if, because even though he, um, how can I say, I was telling Sydney, I was talking to Sydney, I was like, it's weird that Beyonce has this push or this pull um, culturally and in music, even though I really like her music, because she hasn't had a number one single by herself in like 10 years. While in that time, Drake has had like 10 um, so you would think that Drake would be the bigger act, but I feel like he probably thinks to himself, well, like, I don't want to be near that. So I, I think that that's my thinking of it. That might not be true, but them, but the news of Beyonce's thing, you know, happening and then his release, his surprise release being that night and him just being like, it's coming out tonight instead of just dropping it at midnight, just was like too soon to be too close to each other that I was like, he must have been like, fuck man, I wanted to be that first house motherfucker to bring it back. God damn it. Um, but, um, that's my thought. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if, I don't know if that's, that's the case from Drake. But like I said, I, I, I definitely like that he changed the sound up or that, that it's a different sound because I definitely was not a big fan of, um, Certified Lover Boy. Yeah, you mm-hmm. forgot the name. I, I liked like one or two songs. 
um, from it. But for the most part, I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, so I'm glad that he changed the sound up. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see if it sticks or, or, or what he thinks about it. Because um, there was a clip this week talking about, um, I guess it was like from one, one of those interview shows or something. And he was like, you know, people always try to, when the album first comes out, people always try to do the first take. Boom, it's ass. Or boom, you know, it's like this, this shit song. Um, and everybody hates it at first, but then you give it like two or three months once the dust clears and people are like actually listening to the music all the way through that people go, Oh yeah, you know what? Actually, this was actually pretty good. Or like, Oh wow. Like this was actually like different. Um, so I guess we'll see in a couple months if it sticks or if it doesn't. Um, but I guess we'll see. So my first immediate thought is that, hmm. all right. So even if. Even if, let's say, he did have to, like, emergency drop, whatever, right? This is still clearly a thing he put a lot of time into. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you yeah. don't just drop what, I mean, you, maybe you could drop a mixtape that quick, but you probably don't drop a full album like that if you haven't actually put in the time for it. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, uh, man, uh, could we be seeing, hmm, see, this, this see, people got to think I'm hating. I might be, but. It, it, could this be like you know the end of Drake's reign to a certain certain degree? Maybe um, because maybe if you think about it, like... all right. So Certified Lover Boy did not get well received. No. Um, what was before that? Scorpion. Uh, Scorpion, and that Which... that for me was just okay. But financially, like like chart wise, money wise, successful wise, it was very very successful. Like, so in, in... the thing is though is I I don't think you can really go off of that. We've talked about this before, but like the problem is it's like let's let's see. My, uh, I'm trying to I'm just coming up with the biggest act in my head that I can think of that's from an earlier time. So Jay Z when Jay Z first starts, right? Mm-hmm. Jay Z puts out Reasonable Doubt and it's a banger. Right then, he puts out. I can't. Maybe uh, wouldn't have been the blueprint. I don't think. I can't. No, it was like the one that has hard knock life. Um, it's like hard, hard something. Yeah, I can't remember. Either way, he puts out a second album, and it's also great. Now the thing is that you have to pay to fucking listen to these albums. You have to make a decision to spend your money and buy these albums. In My Lifetime is the name of that album. And then the next one is Volume 2, Hard Knock Life. Um, that's the big one. Mm-hmm. And then Volume 3, Life and Times of Sean Cardi. Uh, so there's there's some stuff. These are all really solid. For reference, yeah. Reasonable Doubts, Platinum. In My Lifetime, Volume one's Platinum. Volume 2, Hard Knock Life, five times Platinum. Volume 3, three times platinum. So anyways, yeah. you're having to spend your money to buy this thing. You're having... There is an opportunity cost to listening to listening to this album, which is that if I buy this album, I may not have the means to buy a different album that's also out. I think the system we're in now leads for especially something like Drake. I, I think... If I had to put my hand, like, if I had to count them, right? Um, Drake, Kendrick, J. Cole, uh, Kanye, and Beyonce, maybe Rihanna. Probably Rihanna if Rihanna ever released music again. 
Mm-hmm. I think I think the they have set themselves up with the that they got big when like they they blew up in a time where like a time before people could come up into the the mainstream in a flash. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like whereas now the, I mean Little Nas X came up in a flash, Doja Cat came up in a flash. Like all these people just kind of blew up out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they Cardi became B. yeah, they became icons like just before that. And so they have a little extra seniority staying power to them. And I think now we're just in this fucking cyclical like uh, self-feeding cycle of being like even if Drake's album's trash, he's still Drake or if J. Cole album is trash, it's still J. Cole. And so if Jay-Z in this time where, you know, you have to buy your albums, if he put out two mad albums in a row, you might start going downhill much more quickly. Do you get what I'm saying? Because, like, people yeah. are like, I'm not going to keep spending my money on this if your albums are not good. Right, right. Because it's Drake, easier to get something a stream than it is to... Right. Drake can put out fucking More Life that has, like, a thousand songs, and they all end up in the top 100, and the shit goes... Quadruple, quintuple platinum because people will be like, well, I'll give it a listen. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to hurt to yeah. listen. And if there's five songs I like, I'll just keep playing those. But, like, have like not having to put money down on these things just ruins it for me. Because, for example, they were talking, they're like, Drake, people are like, people say this album's bad. And people are saying this album's bad, right? You said, like, in two or three months, people may change. But as of right now, most people are saying this album is bad. Yeah. It is still the number one album. Because the thing is, is it doesn't fucking matter if it's actually bad or if his last three albums were bad. The The point of the matter is, is that we know Drake can be good, so it can't hurt to give this a listen for free. So, like, the same thing could be said for Kendrick. Not that I think his album was trash. J. Cole, I do think a lot of his shit's average. Um, you know, like, Beyonce, I think, could put out whatever the fuck she wants to put out, and it's just gonna blow up the moment it... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if even if ultimately everyone's like, it wasn't very good, there's enough people listening that are going to at least check it out. Yeah. So, that's, that's my problem with this, is that, like, this album is already, like, number one on a chart. And I'm like, but I haven't heard anything good about it. Like, like even the people... I feel like... All right, so first of all, it's like how many of those views and streams, if Drake had come out and been like, this is a dance album and people had to pay for it, how many of those people, or a house album, how many of those people that thought this was going to be a rap album would have paid money for a house album? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. none, bro, not none, but like a a very small percentage. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that didn't happen. Right? These people all listen to it expecting a rap album, not getting one. And then ultimately just being like, eh, it didn't cost me anything. So there's no negative repercussions to that. Right. But uh, it's just like, it it being good on the charts to me is like so, and again to Scorpion, like, it may have done well on the charts, but like, I, I feel like I mostly heard most people were not that thrilled with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. For the album, for the most part, that one, it's a mixed bag because I feel like the the big hits were just so huge that I just couldn't, you know, put them in, 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 in the space of the album. Like, I love, I mean, I mean, I really like, you know, God's Plan and, um, 
Nice for what? And those two songs were fucking massive. But I can't, when I listen to the album, I can't put them in. And then what's that other fucking song that blew up? Oh, in My Feelings, right? And like, those are huge, like on their own, right? And, but I can't, when I listen to the album, I can't place them in that album because they're so big. It's that it's that classic problem, you know, we've talked about here before where it's like, I can't listen to Invasion of Privacy and Bodak Yellow because I'm like, Bodak Yellow was fucking massive and existed way before the rest of this album. Mm-hmm. Um... So I, I think overall, I'm warm on the album because I probably don't even think about the album with those songs in it. Yeah, you know so what I'm that that album is 25 songs, and I feel like I've only ever heard people talk about the singles. Like I, yeah. I've never heard anybody mention any of these other tracks. I feel like you know yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 um, yeah. I yeah, yeah, I agree. Like it's basically like those the the three ones that were huge, and then maybe Jaded. But you're right. I mean, like for the most part, it's like you know, mob ties and like all those. I don't really listen Ken- to those. Kendrick Kendrick's album dropped, and people talked about the fucking, uh, God, what's the name of it? We cry together. Like that mm-hmm. is like you know what I mean. That's like that was definitely never gonna hit the air. Um, so like <laughs> like they, there are like not just big singles that people talk about and that people remember when that album. The same thing for. You know, I, it's it's a little different because it's older. But like, you know, when you look at Good Kid, Mad City, like people talk about every song on that album. Whereas right, I feel right. like that is not the case for any of Drake's last three or four albums. Right, so, right. Probably since Views, I would say it was the last right. one where people know most of the songs. So with that being said, uh, the reason why I feel like this could be like we're seeing like kind of the end of Drake's little like uh, foray, and, and I only say that. Hmm, I guess I don't, again, I did say I feel like it's a self-feeding monster. I feel like Drake, no matter what he puts out for the rest of his life, he'll just, it'll be big, at least in numbers, because yeah. people are going to be like, I'll at least listen to it. Yeah, um, it'll definitely be like a, like, you know, too big to fail kind of thing. Where that's like, how I feel just... about Jay-Z now. The only reason I brought up Jay-Z is because Ertley's been fucking rapping for forever, but like, ultimately, like, you know, uh... Four, 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 right? And then mm-hmm. did he have another album since then, or is that his most? Uh, Magna Carta? No, oh, since Magna four, Carta four, 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 no, four. no. Okay, <laughs> so like those two, those are not great albums, but ultimately, like, I will give them a listen if I'm just gonna get to do it for free, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, that's that's the issue for me, and so I, I, like you said, too big to fail is a good way to put it. But uh, my, again, sorry, I keep getting sidetracked. My point of it being the end of Drake is this feels doesn't feel that different from Little Wayne's uh, little end there. He's had a little mm. bit of a renaissance lately, but he dropped like I am not a human being, and people were like, okay. Then he dropped mm. the second one, and people were like, this is dog shit. And yeah. then he dropped the rock album, and people were like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> bro, get out of here. Pretty Kid much Cudi, jail. Yeah, Kid Cudi dropped his Man on the Moon albums. Then he dropped like one or two that were like, I don't know about that. And then he did fucking Speeding Bullet to Heaven or whatever the hell it's called. People were like, ooh, no, no, sir. And, like, and then it became, uh, yeah, Kid Cudi fell off. And I, I just don't know that we're that far removed from that being the case with Drake. Like, ultimately, I feel like the numbers will always be there. But I feel like we might be getting close to the point where everyone just starts to just kind of like be like, yeah, yeah, so Drake album. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I, 
I have to give this one another listen. Like I said, I've been listening to a few of them here or there, especially like last weekend. I was like, yeah, this actually this is a nice, lively, like afternoon, like summertime song, um, especially like I said, massive and sticky. Um, but I have to like go all the way through and be, you know, be like, all right, let me give it like a real full time. Let's go listen. And the other and thing just... that's going to be hard for me too, and uh, I think will be hard for a lot of people, is that like, I feel like I've seen people say that this is like. It's house music, but it's not even, like, great house music. It's, like, mm-hmm. just regular house music. It's just got a big name. And the thing yeah. is, is, like, I don't know where to separate, like, people being hipster and being like, well, I really like the genre, and you guys just showed up because Drake's here. Like, fuck those people. But mm. also, like, if that's the case, that's, you know, kind of shitty. <laughs> or <Like>, not <laughs> shitty, but, like, people are going to be like, wow, this album's great. And it's like... You just like average house music. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, where so, do we fall on this? Yeah, so I, it's that'll be interesting to see, too. Because, like I said, I, have, I feel like I have heard some people say that, like, this is just kind of, like, basic, you know, okay house music. And it's like, man, if you're making a genre switch and you just come out with, like, some really average shit, it's it's not a good sign. Um, but we'll kind of have to play it by ear and see see where everybody lands on that. Yeah, and, and as someone who has never listened to house music, I I cannot weigh in on that. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, yeah, I haven't either. I mean, maybe if I have been exposed to it, it's been kind of like because an artist did like one song to it. And I was like, right, okay, yeah, all right, sure. But it's never been like, oh, I like this act or that act, you know? Right, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, there was that, and then mm-hmm. uh, as you mentioned, Beyonce is going to be dropping, and it was also going. Do we know for sure that that's what the whole album sound is going to be? Or are we just assuming based off she, the single that dropped? She had said that her music, she I forgot the quote, but she was like, you know, I want to give uh, something that mixes the, the soul and gets people dancing. That's what she okay. said. Okay. All and right. So, so it sounds like you're probably trying to do that for an album. Yeah. Maybe like maybe that'll be like her most like poppy one. Mm-hmm. You know, but maybe she might do something a little, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to know. Yep. So we'll definitely be on the lookout for that when it releases. Yep. All right, so the last thing we want to touch on before we hop out of here is mm-hmm. uh, the Warriors winning their, winning the NBA championship, mm-hmm. and that means Steph won his fourth. Um, yep. So we're going to talk, you know, a little bit just about, like, where that leads us to, to think about the Warriors. So for me, the biggest, the craziest thing about this to me is that, like, I feel like everybody like like i don't think it would be a stretch for anybody to be like yeah we we thought they were washed right like and the thing is right is they all were except for steph like 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 all the like draymond played awful clay mm-hmm. thompson played awful and it's it was literally the steph curry show and then he got just enough out of pool and wiggins to like weather the storm when you know he he needed a breather or um you know just he can't score every point you know what i mean like he got just enough from some of these kind of generic guys because the two other big names on your team basically just fucking didn't even need to show up so ultimately for the warriors in terms of this dynasty i i think it's this is just a wild championship to me like i based like after last year and and how this year started, I 
I just assumed they were that was done, right? Like they they I, my head was they should have broke it up sooner, right? They should have moved on from Draymond, moved on from Clay, yeah. and, and you know whatever you got to do, just start over, rebuild because I it, does, it didn't seem like you were getting another championship out of this bunch, right? And somebody said, yeah, I was I think it was the post game show, maybe a podcast I listened to afterward. They said the same thing, you know, when they had their worst season. I think they were the worst team in the NBA that when Steph broke his hand and Clay was still out. And they got, you know, a top pick and they got James Wiseman. But that season where they were bad, somebody was saying they're like, they could have easily been like, okay, that's it, blow it up, right? Because people are so impatient, especially in fucking in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Like it used to be, you know, if you if you were a, a top 10 pick and you didn't develop in two or three years, you know, you still got like a couple more. But now if you don't hit the ground running after year two or three, if you're a top 10 pick, you're probably not there anymore, right? You've been traded. Right. So that's what somebody was saying. They were like, you know, Steph was getting older. Clay was had had two fucking gigantic dramatic injuries and had the worst record in the NBA. They would have, it would not have surprised me if they would have traded Draymond for like scraps and a pick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they kept it together and it somehow worked. And the the Wiggins trade worked, which uh, that to me is the most one of the most mind blowing parts, right? This guy I, who comes I, in and I'm, everybody makes fun of him. And I'm stuck on the Wiggins thing because the thing is, is like. If you look at the numbers, I don't think he played any better than he played in Minnesota. It's just that, like, he was asked to do less. Like, like yeah, he didn't have like to be it was guy. less important, right? Like, he didn't have, yeah, he didn't have to be guy number two. So, like, people were like, you know, people were like, fucking, oh, you guys doubted Wiggins. Like, he, he, this is why he was as big a pick. It's like, no, this is the same dude. It's just that, like, now he has Steph Curry, where before all he had was Carl Anthony Downs. You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> right. And even Draymond, I mean, he didn't play well offensively, but, you know, defensively he was still pretty good, and his passing is, you know, what makes him him, right? That's why you can't just have a big 6'10 guy and be like, but you're the next Draymond. It's like, no, I mean, there's more to it, right? So he was still that guy, but even though he was afraid to shoot, he was pretty much like Ben Simmons 2.0 sometimes. But I, I think um, he was even bad in those other areas, too. Like, if I'm not mistaken, he would, from what I heard, I, I didn't keep up with it super close, but I feel like he had, like, a ton of turnovers. He was, like, fouling out or close to it, like, every single game. A, a couple of games, I think one game he had more fouls than he did, like, points. Other counting stats. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, like, that's not good any way you think it. At this point, the only thing I think you could even argue that he brought to the table was um, edge, is the best way I can explain it. Right? right. Like, the same thing that people, the same way that people talk about Kevin Garnett on defense, like, bringing your whole team together and, like, being like, look, like, this is our identity. I think Draymond probably still brought that. You know what I mean? And that what that is important for that team to a certain degree. So, it's not I, if he's not there, I don't know that they're necessarily better. But, like, it's crazy to win a championship with your number two and number three guys are playing that poorly. Right. Because yeah. Clay played awful. Awful. Um, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like one of those things. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, the dude's, you know, he tore his ACL, he blew his Achilles up. But you're like, I mean, the fact that he's even back on the court is not, I mean, it's not quite Sean Livingston because he didn't. Didn't almost lose his leg, but it's still like one of those like, holy shit, you're still like here and here mm-hmm. now, every now and then hitting some big, big time threes, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's it's crazy, it, it, you know. It it's definitely the most impressive one of their wins, right? And For I think sure. it's the one that people will give them the less. I don't say grief over, but the ones where there'll be the less. They're gonna confused. get the most credit for this one first. Yes, sure. absolutely, yes, because. 
you know, 2015, even though they didn't have KD, there's always, I mean, myself included, are people who are like, well, you know, the Cavs didn't have Kevin Love because Kelly Olynyk blew his arm, I mean, tore his arm out. Yeah, and then Kyrie Irving broke his knee, right? So, right. like, it, you know, it, it, they won it, and they won it in six, but they could have easily not be if they had those two guys. Right. And then, of course, the other two, you know, KD was there, so people are always going to give them shit. And I think they're valid. I mean, you know, you put together the greatest team and one of the greatest teams in history, you're going to win. Like, what are you going to do? Um, but then this one, like you said, you know, it's the one where, where they're going to get the most credit for it. Yeah. Know? And uh, I was listening to Bonnie Jones. He was like, this is the one where it's most like, nah, they're, they're just actually dogs. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. that's something that we didn't give them credit for in the past. You know what I mean? Like, but like, they really are just like, gnawing and grinding and like working their way to a win like before they were so talented that it felt inevitable whereas mm-hmm. this was like nah like they worked they grinded it down like this was this was a tough fucking championship to get yeah. you know what i mean and apparently they were never that they, they were never relinquished three games to the other team so i think it was either i think were four one or four two and then four I think four to two, and then this one was four to two. Like I, I think they never were like three to two or three to three, right. or they were never in, a, in an elimination game, um, which is kind of crazy because like you know, sort of going into these playoffs, we were both like, well, you know, it could be pretty much any team, right? Right. Um, I think the only what if is probably the Bucks missing out on um, Middleton. Middleton, but mm-hmm. that's it. I mean, all of the, everybody else was at full at, at full strength. You know, maybe a couple of Knicks here or there, but. Nothing that's like gonna keep you from from winning at all, like like Middleton did. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, like you said, there's not much more one can say. It's just like, damn, they, they got it, and he got his Finals MVP, which I think is the yeah the one that people always nagged him about. Yeah, and ultimately, uh, as far as like what it means for Steph, man, this is tough because I really Steph's impact is so great, and it is so simultaneously singular like he can shoot the fucking lights out but like that's that's like his thing like that's it you know what i mean and it's it's i don't even mean that derogate like in a derogatory manner it's just like like what did he bring and it's just like yeah he just fuck he's just like the greatest shooter we've ever seen you know what i mean and it's Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. so in terms of his place like what it adds to his legacy and his place it's like it's getting harder and harder to not just be like, yeah, he's like top two easy. You know what I mean? Like, I, like here's the thing. I, Magic was so dynamic and also I think such a big thing for the NBA as a whole, right? Like, like in terms of like, I don't want to say save the NBA, but like between him and Bird, like, it really kept the NBA afloat because, like, the NBA was not always the thing we know it to be today in terms of popularity, and I think they mm-hmm. brought that on top of Magic Johnson being a six ten point guard who ran the floor and threw passes out of his ass and was also mm-hmm. good offensively. You know what I mean? Like, he's and also as flashy as he was, he's like a unicorn. Yeah, and he brought so many different things to the table. The thing, like, so it'll be Magic Johnson one or two and i think steph one or two and the tough thing for me is that like god man everything in my soul still wants to be like i want chris paul because like chris paul is more of what i 
feel like a point guard is. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but yeah. like Steph's whole thing is like it doesn't fucking matter because when I shoot from 48 feet and start fucking draining them, everything's gonna open up and you got to come up with an answer. And it's such. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, yeah. His impact is I shoot better than anyone ever. But, like, it single-handedly was this giant, important, impactful thing. But, like, I want to, like, in my head, I want to, I want to, I want to give other people more credit for having more to them. But, like, really, at the end of the day, the results don't line up with that belief. Right. It's, it's kind of like a, like a quarterback who, who, you know, he doesn't, I mean, he has a deep ball. Or he plays it very conservative, like, stays mm-hmm. in the pocket, right? A lot of 20 yards, 15 yards, a lot of dunking, you know. Plays the quarterback as you sort of imagine, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's this guy who comes in. He's like, "No, I'm gonna run, right?" Here's comes it's Cam Newton with rings, right? Mm-hmm. It's a guy who comes in and goes, "That's not how you can only play it, right? You guys have been playing it in such a restricted way, like this point guard who like you know dishes and and like a like a mid twenty mid two thousand Steve Nash point guard, right? Mm-hmm. That's not that that's not the only thing we can do. We can do more with it, right? right. Um. But yeah, I, I know what you mean in terms of like you want to go like because that's the guy, right? He's like six three, and he like passes really well, and he can put it, up triple doubles, and he's never he's never, he's he, he can score forty here and there, but he's not gonna you know light you up like that, right? And if we take it even more broadly in kind of football terms, like and less on a single player term, but more on like football as a whole, I, I think you can kind of equate what Steph does to something like the West Coast offense, which is to mm-hmm, say that mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I want to give more credit to a quarterback in a in a team that like balances the run and the pass, and they take t- shots deep when they need to, and you know they 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 they'll take short passes, but they're look you know they're looking to hand the ball off to beat the defense down and then capitalize on openings deep. But ultimately, it seems like the results are like. Nah, dog, just keep hitting these fucking six-yard passes. They're easy. You fucking move down the field and everything's great. And so it's like, man, I kind of want to give more credit to some of these other people. But at the end of the day, like, I'm, I'm watching the NFL now, and it's like, yeah, like, you don't need to run the ball, really. Like, you, you run it a little bit, but ultimately, like, we don't even have to really bother with that. And so, like, exactly. I want to I pull that. I want to knock it down a little bit. But, like, at the end of the day, it's kind of fucking hard to, like, when I see the results in front of me. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's what Steph's got. So, like, I think ultimately I feel like Steph's going to go down. I think Steph would go down easy top three. Um, yes. You mean point guards or? Point oh, guards. Like, yeah, no. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I agree with you. I think it's, I think he's top, for me, he's top two. And it's either, depending on how you feel on any given day. Right. Like, um, I, with so, magic so, in him. Yeah. Top two, it's magic in, in him, I think. But, like, if someone was like. Yo, I, if you ever, if you, before you, this is insane. John Stockton, like, I know he never won a championship, but I was listening to uh, one of the Bomani Jones podcasts, and he's talking about John Stockton. John Stockton has more assists than mm-hmm. he leads the league assists. All right, so the other thing, too, is he played like 20 something years, I think. Yeah. He only missed game, he only missed games in a season twice. He played 82 games in, like, 18 of those 20 seasons. That's fucking insane. And they were talking about his assist numbers. Like, the amount that he's ahead of second place. Second place would have had to have, like, played, like, three or four more full seasons 
averaging 10 assists a game to catch up. Like, it's out. Yeah, I think it's like 5,000 <laughs> and assists. Then, and then he's also the steals leader. I didn't realize he was mm-hmm. a steal. He's 600 steals above second place, which means for a full fucking season, you have to average, like, for like four seasons, you have to average like four steals a game, which is outrageous. And that's yeah. like every game. It's just like, you know, I, my math is probably off there. It's probably like a full season or like two full seasons. But either way, like he's so far ahead. So like, if someone said like Stockton deserves to be in your top three along with Stephen Magic, I'd be like, I, I gotta listen to it. You know what I mean? And so, I, I think Steph is easy top three. You could you can convince somebody can make an argument for third, and I would listen to it. You know, if somebody wanted to say Chris Paul for reasons, you know, we'll we'll listen to it. But, like, it's getting tougher and tougher to not say he's, like, easily top three. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just, man, I just am not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want yeah. this to be the case. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much uh, this one guarantees uh, all f- the four main dudes Hall of Fame, right? Him, Andre, Clay, and Draymond. I don't, man, here's the deal. You're right. It does cement it. But ultimately, like, do I feel like Draymond should be in the Hall of Fame or Clay should be in the Hall of Fame? No. Skill-wise, like, I feel like they're a clear step. Like, let's put it this way. If they didn't have the rings, you'd be like, no, fuck away. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's tough. I, I get it, and, and they are going to be in there. But I just feel like, like I said, if, they, like, if they didn't have the rings, you'd be like, they're, they're not as good as Charles Barkley. Like, who right. had oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Who had yeah. no rings. Like, I don't know why we're talking about these dudes. Um, But, yeah, so... They're definitely in the Hall of Fame. But I think, while it did make it a much tougher journey, I do feel like Draymond and Clay playing as poorly as they did really boosted Steph. Like, mm-hmm. people, like, now it's like, God damn, like, like what do I have to say negative about Steph? You know what I mean? Before, you could be like, well, he just shoots really good and he's got a great team around him, but this time he didn't even have a good team around him. And he just fucking put up numbers to win. Whew. Yeah, man. The Warriors were something else, man. I, I like I said, I thought that team was washed, and I thought there was oh, no chance yeah, they were yeah. ever like, going to win like, again like that. Absolutely, yeah. It, it, and I mean, when they got Wiggins, I wasn't like, "Wow, that's dumb." I was, but I was like, "This, you know, how many times have we seen a trade come through midseason that just doesn't work?" Right. Right. Oh, they got PG. Oh, it's over now. Oh, they got Harden. Oh, it's over now. Oh, they got KD. Oh, it, you know, holy shit, it's the big one, right? They got Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. I mean, I don't know that they were washed, but still, it's like, whoa. You know, every time that there's a big trade, people are like, look out. Where are they going to go? 82 and 0, right? Or they'll go like, wow, it's going to be ass. Like, you know, how many times has that happened? And then nothing comes of it, right? right. So I was like, oh, they got Andrew Wiggins. Cool. I yeah. Mean, exactly. I guess. And then it just absolutely, like, just worked perfectly the thing is that's gonna be crazy right is that what if fucking like you have what if jordan Poole takes like the next step because he kind of already seemed to have taken it but what if he can put mm-hmm. that forth for like a full season next year or if wiseman is any good that's what i was about to say like if if he takes that next step and then steph is let's i I feel like Steph, you can tell Steph's a little worn down now, right? Like, Steph's yeah, not yeah. at the peak of his powers. He's probably 90%. Right. If Steph is 80%, 85%, and Jordan Poole takes the step he's at, and then James Wiseman turns out to be, like, an like an actual, like, athletic rim-running monster who's serviceable on defense, bro, what if they rip off another one? I'm going to be like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this team? <laughs> It'll be like the Spurs again, right? Where, like... 
right. The fucking same three dudes are hanging around, but all of a sudden, like, Kawhi Leonard, who secretly might be the best player right. in the league, is like... <laughs> yeah, they somehow luck into Kawhi. Yep, exactly. Exactly. It's like, man, what the fuck is going on here? But, uh... But it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like Green... I mean, you know, it's like Green Bay being like, wow, we got, you know, Brett Favre, one of the all-time greats. Uh, we drafted this other guy. Uh, who? Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, but I guess we'll see, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll have to, see. We'll, we will see what the future holds. Yeah. Um, but for right now, they, this definitely cemented the legacy, uh, oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, four and eight, it's, uh, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. So, that's the episode for this week. If you want to catch me, you can catch me at TMoneyBags on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at EverCastro92 on Instagram. If you want to catch the podcast, you can catch us at DiffAnimalsPod on Instagram and Twitter or email us, DifferentAnimalsPodcast at gmail.com. As usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll catch you guys next week. Later. Peace.